Here we go. You're listening to Rumination Tuesday here on Law and Gospel, where we take a look at a hymn. And the hymn we'll be taking a look at, of course, is for this next Sunday. It's Seek Where You May to Find a Way. It is written by George Weissel. He lived 1590 to 1635, and he wrote this hymn for his own installation as pastor in 1623 when he became pastor of a new church building in what is now the area of Kaliningrad in Russia. The hymn clearly links the newly built church with the church's purpose, namely the salvation of God's people. It is the hymn of the day for Epiphany 4 in the one-year series, and in our three-year series, it's Proper 20. The translator is Arthur P. Voss, V-O-S-S. In 1941, he translated this as hymnal 383 in TLH, the Lutheran hymnal. And more importantly is the tune. It was an original German tune, the place of Origin was Germany, and the composer was Johann Stobas, S-T-O-B-A-Umlaut-U-S. So that's the hymn that's assigned for this coming Sunday, and I'm really quite unfamiliar with it. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and I'm talking with Pastor Mark Smith. Are you knowledgeable about this, Pastor Smith? Uh, no, I'm not, but it's a good hymn, and uh, it's it's interesting that he chose this for his uh, for his installation uh, at that new church building. Uh, um, he didn't it, uh, choose it. He actually wrote it. Wrote it, I mean. That's exactly right. It's a good hymn. It's a good basic hymn, and uh, what's interesting about it is... Uh, uh, the the first two verses, uh, you know, he says, "Hey, seek seek what you want. You're only going to find salvation in one place." Yes, yes. So, is it a hymn you're using this Sunday? Uh, you know, I am not familiar with the tune, and I I hesitate to choose a hymn if I'm not familiar with the tune. But it's it's got to be. You know, it was in the old Lutheran hymnal, so I would think it'd be somewhat familiar. I sure wish I knew how the tune went. Uh, you don't have someone at church who can play, n- n- not for you ahead not, of time. Not always where I'm when I'm there. No, yeah, and I, I you know I can't pluck it out on the piano myself. So yeah, in fact, I want to. One of my four churches in Illinois, uh, we had a very good organist, pianist, but he uh-huh. left the university, graduated, and now, beginning last Sunday, his 
girlfriend who's a pianist began playing for us in one oh, of that's the great. services. That's yes. great. It's very and helpful. I, yeah. So it was good and she was very good and we had a lot of fun with her. So it's really hard these days to get organists because oh, they're not boy, you really aren't kidding. being trained that much. Yes, that's right. They're uh, they're getting fewer and far between. You got a good one at your church? Oh yes, he's very good. He's just not there. He's not there all the time, you know, throughout the week. But uh, he's very yeah, good. right. Um, tell us the name of your church and where it's at and when your services are. Yes, it's St. Paul's Lutheran Church out in uh, Wildwood. Uh, it used to be called Grover, but uh, it's known as Wildwood right now, and it's out there on uh, Highway 109, uh, just down a ways from Lafayette High School. And uh, it's, a, it's a great old church. It uh, goes back to 1883. A lot wow. of history. Generations have been there, and they're a good, solid congregation. They uh, they really appreciate good solid preaching and, and teaching Bible class and, and confirmation and and I've I've enjoyed being there the last year and a half. And they're very near the Chesterfield Airport. Right, right. Yes, it's a yes. developing area out there. The their new uh, neighborhoods are are developing, and uh, so it's. You got the best of both worlds. It's a beautiful area, and it's near, not too far from uh, Wildwood, which is a new developing city. And yep. uh, there's quite a bit out there. So, if you'll start with the first stanza, please. Okay. Seek where you may to find a way that leads to your salvation. My heart is stilled on Christ I build. He is the one foundation. His word is sure. His works endure. He overthrows all evil foes. Through him, I more than conqueror. Now, that's interesting. The verse starts off talking about Jesus, but ends about the benefit for himself. What does it mean, he more than conquers? Well, that's taken right out of uh, Romans 8, is it not? Uh, we are more than conquerors through through Christ. Uh, we, let's see. We are more than conquerors through Christ who saves us. And then it goes Excellent. into that beautiful, beautiful passage in Romans 8. Yes. I, so, I, have, a, I have a book on uh it's a commentary on the book of revelation and it's entitled more than conquerors yes you know i was taking a look at the readings from amos first timothy and luke 16 and i'm not sure which one really touches this hymn that well um first timothy well, yeah it, go ahead it's, it's under you know, it's got that uh, superscript over it, justification. So they better they better all touch on it somewhat. <laughs> you know, it's pretty it's pretty basic. You know, the topic of justification is pretty basic to our uh, to our theology and, and the gospel itself. So uh, you, you always need you always want to bring to bear that that important uh, subject of justification. Yeah, the uh, gospel is about this dishonest manager. Yeah, yeah. 
Have you figured out how to preach on that? Yes, yes, I'm preaching on that uh, on that gospel. It's it's the most. It's called the most difficult uh, parable in the New Testament. Uh, I was just talking with a layman yesterday about it, and I, I'm going to bring to bear the idea that hey. Uh, we don't know. We don't know when the Lord's going to call us home, and uh, it, it's going to be time to turn in the book, so to speak. And so, while we while we have the time, we ought to be giving away the Lord's treasures all that we possibly can. And that that, of course, means uh, mission work, uh, getting the good news out. I mean, it's it's not ours to keep anyway, and it's from our Lord. It's the, it's the greatest treasure that we have. And uh, by getting this word out, uh, we can have we can have numerous future fellow brothers and sisters in Christ who will welcome us into the mansions of heaven. Yes, the um, problem verse is the master commended the dishonest manager for his shrewdness. Yeah, for his shrewdness. For his shrewdness, not his morals, not his honor, but for his shrewdness is what he's commended. He he had sure. to hand it to him. This guy, this guy, used the the precious little time that he had as steward, and uh, he did what he could with the time that remained for him to uh, to win friends and to even give away his commission that he could have collected. And uh, by doing it, it's the same thing with us. Why, you know, why not give it away? If you only have so much time, why not give away what we can? So you don't really find Jesus in here anywhere in the parable oh, itself. No, he's all he's all through there. Sure, of course. Oh, I don't see him anywhere. Is well, he the he's, dishonest? Uh, he's certainly. Man? He's certain. He's certainly. Uh, wouldn't you say he's the uh, he's the supreme owner of the property? I mean, he's the one that's going to call us home. Yeah, I'd have to think about that. Yeah, sure. Oh, yeah. It's a difficult. It is a difficult parable because it ends. I tell you, make friends for yourselves by means of unrighteous wealth so that when it fails, they may receive you into the eternal dwellings. That, that's where the difficulty is. Well, how, by making friends by, with unrighteous wealth, do they receive you into the eternal dwellings? Well, that goes without saying. You know, if you, if you support missions, you, you've got the greatest treasure, the pearl of great price, the gospel itself that you give away as much as you can. And, uh, and of course, to support that, uh, you also uh, stewardship of, of time, talent, and treasure. Yes. Uh, you, you, you give to missions all that you can while you can. Yeah, it's pretty good understanding there. Um, Jesus says you cannot serve God and money, which means if you're worshiping God, you're not worshiping your money. If you're right. worshiping your money, you're not worshiping God. Yeah. 
Well, you know, you know what Luther said. Luther said that I think he said this. He said the last thing, the last thing to be converted on a man is his pocketbook. <laughs> oh, really? I, I don't yeah. recall that. Interesting. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he said that somewhere. He probably got that from his wife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, when you first read this, seek where you may to find a way. It almost sounds like what some Christians are talking about, that you make a decision to discover the right way, seeking it, and therefore invite Christ into your heart. How do you get around that understanding of this hymn? Well, it is kind of an interesting opening because that's the title. And, you you know, this is under justification, and you know that there is no other way that through Christ. But what he's saying is, hey, if you, if you want to waste your time, seek a way, seek a way to, 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 uh, for, for salvation. There is only one way that's accessible to us, only one way, and that's Jesus Christ, who is the way, the truth, and the life. And like he says, he does it in the first two stanzas. Seek whom you may, or seek where you may. Uh, but finally he says, finally he says in the third verse, seek him alone. And that him is capitalized. In other words, Christ is the only way. There are many descriptions of Christ throughout the Bible. In this first stanza, the description is he is the one foundation. Right. Now, what does that mean? Well, he is, uh, what's well, like he said, uh, like, um, uh, he says, on this rock, Jesus says, on this rock I will build my church. That's the rock of the confession that uh, Peter made. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. That's the rock. It's, it's, it also speaks of the built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets. They're the ones that share us the good news of the rock, of Jesus. Jesus is the cornerstone of, uh, of that foundation, though. And they do it with the very next line, His word is sure. That's right, and, yes. And that's referring to, of course, the scriptures, and his works endure. So what works would we be talking about? Well, his uh, certainly his, all of his, uh, number one, his work of redemption. He's redeemed the whole world Absolutely. and uh, atoned for all of our sins, every last one of them. And also, of course, his his works, his miracles, his works of healing, his works of pr provision and uh, preservation, all of those things endure as well. But number one, of course, is his work of uh, salvation, his work of redemption. His crucifixion. That's for right. For sure. Right. All right, I'll, I'll go on with two. Seek whom you may to be your stay. None can redeem his brother. All helpers failed. This man prevailed. The God-man and none other. Our servant king, of whom we sing, were justified because he died. The guilty being guiltless. So... 
couple of questions I got here. Um, none can redeem his brother. What context would that be talking about? Well, nobody, nobody can redeem us other than Christ, the God-man. You know, it's like, um, let's say you got two criminals. Both are on death row. One cannot die for the other, and that's the way, that's the way we are. I cannot, I cannot die for you, Tom. I, mean, I can die maybe to save your life, but, uh, but I, can't, I can't win salvation for you. It's only Christ. He's our only stay. He's the, he is the only one. In all heaven and earth, the Christ the God-man, he is the only one. He's that lamb in Revelation 5, the only one who could open, break the seven seals and open the scroll. He's the only one that could accomplish salvation for the whole world. Yes, this one line I have problem with because of my view of guilt. The guilty being guiltless. Yes. I don't think we're ever guiltless because of the way we feel about our sin. But this is talking from God's point of view. He considers us, the, the word I like that's used in the Bible is blameless. Yeah, right. I understand. Yeah, I I struggle with that myself because uh, you, you're right. We all still still tend to uh, to feel guilty. That, but that doesn't disavow the the truth of the gospel. Um, the reason, like you say, we're blameless. God has pronounced us without blame, completely and utterly forgiven. Uh, but it is true we still that old Adam still still feels the guilt, and. Uh, and I know you have a. I know you uh, you dif you differentiate between the guilt and and blame. The blame is washed um, away. The the guilt still remains. Yeah, a lot of Christians still worry about when I die, will I still go to heaven? Because they're feeling really guilty about their sins. And what we need to do is say, okay, we understand how you feel. But that's the devil in your old Adam. Now let's see how God declares things to be. That's so right. That's the difference. That's uh, right. It's all from his perspective. He, his judgment is what counts. And that's why it's impossible to persuade someone to become a Christian through argumentation or reason because it is totally against our reason and our understanding and right. that is why faith needs to be given by the holy spirit and then we suddenly believe that which just a few moments prior to that we thought was unbelievable yeah we I mean, cling no, to no, no cling scientist to... believes anybody can rise from the dead yeah but we believe jesus did he rose people from the dead, and that we will also. Yeah, we okay. cling to his promises, even though uh, our old Adam continues to, 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 to doubt. It's like that one man that Jesus healed his son. He says, Lord, I believe. Help thou mine unbelief. He had, right. he had faith, but his old Adam was still gnawing at him. Exactly. 
And, and so that's the message of the church is this is from God's perspective, right. not ours. Right. Whereas every other religion in the world is from man's perspective. That's right. And that's why they always end up having a God in their own image mm -hmm. versus Christianity where man was made in the image of God, the reverse. So it's kind of interesting. Okay, stanza three, please. Seek him alone who did, all, who did atone, who did your souls deliver. Oh, seek him first, all you who thirst for grace that fails you never. In every need, seek him indeed. To every heart, he will impart his blessings without measure. How would you describe to a child the phrase, who did atone? Well, I would, uh, I would take that word atone and I would divide it. We are now at one with, with our Heavenly Father. Jesus is the one involved in making us one with him, in bringing us back uh, at, at peace with the Father. And we're now the children of the Father, the brother of Jesus, with the Holy Spirit as our comforter. Right. And that all occurs specifically through baptism, for sure, and occasionally when hearing the Word of God, people come to faith. Right. So that's how God delivers our souls. So seek Him first, all you who thirst. Now, what Bible passage does that remind you of? Oh, let's see. Seek him thirst, who th those who thirst. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Um, let's see. Come to me and drink. Come to me and drink. What is that passage? Come unto me and drink the living water, welling up to eternal life. That's when he, that's when he was ministering to that Samaritan woman at the well yep. uh, there in Shechem. He says, uh, he talks about that well of living water that he gives to all who thirst. So he's not only foundation in this hymn, he's also the water of life. Exactly. And that means we will never thirst. Very interesting. In every need, seek him indeed. See, that's what the counseling of a pastor does is... Members come to the congregational pastor and they're upset over something or de they're depressed. You take care of their need by having them look to Jesus instead. Jesus is always the answer. Yes. And mm -hmm. that's because there are many, many promises that deal with every situation that we run across. Okay, stanza four, please. My heart's delight, my crown most bright, O Christ, my joy forever. Not wealth, nor pride, nor fortune's tide, our bonds of love shall sever. You are my Lord, your precious word shall guide my way and help me stay forever in your presence. 
And you see this last, this final stanza, now he turns to Christ. He's been, uh, he's been telling this good news to others, seek where you may, uh, and then he says, seek him alone. And then finally, in the fourth verse, he, uh, he turns his attention to Christ himself. He goes to the first person. Right. Instead of the third person. That, yeah, that's a good point. insight that he's telling people where to find salvation. And then he himself rejoices. He says, my crown most bright. How do you explain that to a child? My crown most bright. Well, he is our he is our crown. And he gives us, he says, be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee the crown of life. Uh, hold, hold thou fast to what thou hast, let no man take thy crown. So he is our crown. Uh, he is, I mean, he, you know, he's, he is the way to salvation. He is salvation. He is gospel personified, and um, he's our joy and crown. He's the one who will bestow that final crown of eternal life upon us. It's kind of like you run the Olympics and you end up last in the race, but then Jesus, who comes in first, he gives his gold crown to you and you stand on the victor's wonderful stage. Right. And, and that's what heaven is all about. You, you can't get a better place than heaven. No, that's, that's right. Where all your pain is gone, your grief is gone, etc. Now, um, he, he says one thing here, that not wealth, nor pride, nor fortune's tide, our bonds of love shall sever. When does fortune's tide have the possibility of severing our bonds of love? Well, if if we're over we're overwhelmed, overwhelmed by wealth or by misfortune, that will not sever us from Christ. Nothing will sever us from Christ. Yeah, we can be overprideful. Well, that's the end of our program. Seek where you may to find a way. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and you heard Pastor Mark Smith give some wonderful Bible verses to back up this. And we pray that you'll be with us tomorrow as we continue a study in Proverbs. Until then, God bless you. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your check out to Law & Gospel and mail to Law & Gospel P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri 63132 or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.